0: Welcome to the Gracious Leader Podcast with your host, Doris Young-Boyer. Thank you for joining us today. The mission of this podcast is for you to hear from experts the power of graciousness to help you create the life you want and lead others to do the same. You will learn strategies and techniques to transform awkward situations, insights to create and sustain relationships, strategies to develop collaborative cultures, and proven methods to lead with poise and power. Here's Doris. Conversation continues. This is the second part of last week's conversation.
1: I asked you to ask me the question about ethics versus etiquette, and it's something that I I teach in my courses, but ultimately, why does it matter if one is more important? Be- if we need both,
0: and, if, well, and you know, it's not a it's not a yes. contest really. And and the, the the interesting thing about it is is not that we just need both. We can have both. But yes. I I but I always worry a wonder if if just be, if, if because a person is trustworthy around your possessions, or or if a person can. You know, set the right table, and I, I want to get graciousness beyond this whole table <laughs> business, but because they can set the right table and they don't they don't cut their their toenails, if that makes them gracious, to me, gracious is it's heart-centered. It is about your presence and your mindset. And I have to think more about it. I'm not sure that everybody who is not everybody, but I'm not sure that being ethical. And being ungracious
1: can coexist.
0: Yeah. There's, I, I still think that the, the, the ethical person who was ungracious, it affects their ethics.
1: <laughs> how so, I, well, okay. This is, this is extremely important. I want to get really specific here. Can you give a specific example of how somebody who might seem to be ethical and trustworthy, if they're ungracious, that it actually does affect their ethical behavior what's a specific example of
0: that yeah and, and you know what I, I i have to think about it it's more of a a thought and a, a beginning belief than a than a hard example that i have so it's something that i would have to think some more about i'm trying to pull up someone who i i i don't have it i don't have
1: an answer well when if you do some more thinking about it and and uh decide you you know If you have an example of that, I would like to know because I'm thinking again of of a specific person. And I know that the person's friends are gracious in allowing for this because we love this person so much. And would it be nice if this person's rough exteriors were smoothed over? Yes. But but also whenever I start thinking about someone else like that, I, I have to ask myself, I'll bet there are things as hard as it is for me to believe I'll bet there are things about me other people don't like, but they put up with it because I offer more than, I'm, the, the things that I offer that are positive outweigh those negatives.
0: I would think that that's true. I, I would think that that's true of all of us, that there is always something. So where do we go with this? How do we how do we help people in terms of graciousness, in terms of etiquette, in terms of ethics? You know, what what I want this show to be is, for people to walk away with tips and strategies that will make their life better, uh, make their world better, make it better for you. And for me, what, what can we, what can we share with people?
1: Yes. So there are two takeaways. One comes from me and one comes from you. The one that comes from me is it takes very little effort to make a big difference in someone's life by thanking them. And a very easy way to do that is by writing them an unsolicited recommendation on LinkedIn and uh, I mentioned that I would give people the ebook I've written that shows you how to do this. Um, if you if, just write to me at Bruce at bruce@theethicsguy.com and I'll send it to you, uh, or write uh, through my website theethicsguy.com. Say you heard the interview and you want the the ebook on uh, LinkedIn, and I'll send it to you. Many years ago, I was in, involved with uh, the pro feminist men's movement, and. um, there was now, which uh,
0: men's movement.
1: It was called well. There you see in the early 90s there were at least three different strands of the so-called men's movement. There was the mythopoetic branch that mm-hmm. Robert Bly and Iron John gave rise to with drum circles and so forth. And there was the men's rights group, which felt that uh, like Mel Fite is the feit was the the leader and still is the leader of that. Uh, these folks feel put upon and feel that men don't, uh, are, are oppressed in our society. Women, it's not women, it's men. And there is this other group, the group I was affiliated with that um, was committed to uh, supporting the the women's movement. And it was gay affirmative. It is gay affirmative. It, it does support the women's movement. It's um, I'm not actively involved in it any longer, but I used to have a men's group that met um, regularly. And a- at the time there was, there's this fellow named Jeff Morgan, G E O F, and he he wrote a he is singer songwriter. He made a couple of albums that were uh, attempts to, I guess, bring out a better side of men than is sometimes the case in music. And there was I bring this up because there's this one song in there called "Talk It Over," and it was about the importance of talking whatever the problem is in a relationship that you, we have to find the courage to address it. And, and it's, it's always difficult. And whenever I'm, I'm tempted to say, ah, "Out of heck with it, why even bring this up? I think about that song and I can't think of a time where if I do it right, if I bring up the issue and, it, and it's done in a respectful way, I can't think of a time where I regretted it later, but I have regretted not bringing things up. Not giving people the the saying that I I try to live by that I believe I invented but maybe somebody else thought of it before me is people will pleasantly surprise you if you only give them the chance.
0: Mm, mm. I think that's true. I do too. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and I I I think there is more um, similarity. There is more intersection. Not more, but that th- there is a lot of intersection between etiquette and ethics
1: well uh like we were saying before they're they're both important and and uh a good society would make room for both and for those of us who believe you know no matter how good we are we can do better it it behooves us to study both and i I see that both emily post and and, um uh amy vanderbilt have updated versions of their books on on etiquette and Mm -hmm. um this conversation is prompting me to want to get the, the most recent edition of one of those and, and read it because it, like you say, when we think of etiquette, we think of which side of the knife does the fork go on. And it, I mean, that's just More so ridiculous. To Why is that the first thing we think of when we hear the word etiquette?
0: Because etiquette has taken on um, uh, 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 the persona of being a fluff uh, of, of, um, of pretense when I work with groups, they say, well, you know, we don't want to put on airs. So they say, well, where, where are the airs? And I talk with them about the what I call the power five. You know, how do you introduce yourself and how do you introduce other people? How do you network and connect? What's the difference between etiquette and protocol, um, business etiquette and, and social etiquette? There's a difference between the two of those. And the other one is how do you present yourself in in meetings um, at the table and in the airport when you're traveling, all of those things go into etiquette. Resolving conflict is a big one. That's part of etiquette. Knowing, and, and none of us likes to to address conflict and talk. And the uh, uh, the the idea of what it is is what I talk about in etiquette. A conflict is not when it's this big conflagration. It is those small daily things that are awkward, that we don't necessarily know how to handle and we let them go. And they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we have this thing we need to handle. So we talk about what are the words that trigger conflict? What does conflict look like for you? It may be the cap off the toothpaste. Sometimes it starts with a small little thing that can grow larger and larger. So etiquette is is about how do, we wheel, how do we oil the, the the wheels of relationships so that we can create and sustain relationships that support us in my, our personal life and that support the business bottom line. For my role in, as in human resources, people left because they were not comfortable with how they were being treated. And they left with all the company intelligence especially those people who had been there for a long time. And it boiled down to very small things. One woman left the company, her, one of her parents died, and her colleagues and her boss sent her a card, but nobody came to the service or nobody um, bothered to give her a phone call, all those kinds of things. And she thought, I can't work here. I can't, you don't care enough about me. That, that hurt me. Another situation where there was a woman who worked for the New York office of a big company, and she was on the West Coast, and the company had been sold and bought by another company. And they called all the, in, the employees together and announced it to them before it went to the press. She learned from a girlfriend who said, How are you? What do you think? Is your job going to be okay? And she said, I don't know. What are you talking about? Nobody thought to call her on the West Coast because of the three-hour difference to tell her. And she found out the same time the rest of the world found out. Oh, boy. And she didn't leave the company, but she was a disruptive force because she felt that she was not honored in that particular. That was a small thing that, I mean, it was just send her the press release, for heaven's sake, if you don't want to call if you think she's sleeping. So those kind of small things we talk about the etiquette of awkward situations. So it's, it's much more than your fork and where you put your napkin. Those are the, those are the behavior side, what I call the beauty of behavior, because I think that that's a real thing. Um, and I think that that's important. But if you, if you decide not to do that, there are still other etiquette principles that, that make human relationships work.
1: Well, um, I would love to continue this because I think we're just scratching the surface, but I made a promise to a client that I would be on a call. So fortunately I'm going to have to split, but thank you so much for inviting me. And I always love talking with you and I always learn so much.
0: This is wonderful. And so we'll we'll get together another time.
1: Always a pleasure. Take care. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast. You will find us on Audible, C-Suite Radio, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms. We'll see you next time. And remember, the gracious leader is a powerful leader.